And today I speak with Yasmina Ellens, a 22-year-old hotshot entrepreneur from the UK. She clawed her way into meetup groups, mastermind events, book signings, and built a network from the ground up. Then she launched the Young Entrepreneur's Journey podcast, and today on the backs of that, she's built mastermind groups and several business ventures, all from her college dorm room. She shows you exactly how to do that and how simple it is in today's world, and you can do that too. This episode with Yasmina Ellens starts right now. One thing is for certain. Just because it's tried and true doesn't mean it's working right now. So the big question is this, where can you learn what is working right now? The strategies, the tactics, the psychology, and the exact how-to. How to grow your business. How to blow up your personal brand and supercharge your personal growth. That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Sharon Srivatsa, and welcome to Business School. So, Yasmina, you speak seven languages, is that right? That's right. I, I speak five of them fluently, but I speak seven overall. Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a huge language nerd. So, what, it's, at least, I don't even, I can't even name seven languages off the top of my head. So, so what, are, what are these seven languages? So, the ones I speak fluently are English, German, French, Spanish, and Italian. And uh, then I know pretty decent Dutch, like I can understand in a conversation. Uh, and I'm learning Chinese as well, which is quite fun. So is this, how did all this come about? So how did the, is this because it was taught at home, taught at school, it was a personal interest and how do you, how do you kind of build a fluency around it? So this is what I like to say, right? Because everyone thinks, you speak seven languages. That is crazy. You're like some super genius with an IQ out of this world, which, you know, I've got relatively high IQ, but it's not like super genius levels. Right. Um, But you know, some people are really good at physics and that's their thing. And they'll go pursue a PhD in physics. You're like, wow, this is their thing. And some people are really good at languages. And so I'm one of those people where languages was more of my natural talent. And I really enjoy engaging with different perspectives and cultures. And I, I, I have an acting background as well. So I really love doing the accents. That's one of my favorite nerdy things about languages. Um, but yeah, I grew up bilingual English, German. And it's not like I learned them all at the same time. It's all happened over the course of 22 years. I've been slowly adding and adding and adding. Yeah, and, and this is funny for, for, for someone that's listening has no context. And, so, and if, if, someone, if he said, hey, uh, I speak seven languages and I am 55, that makes sense. But you just said that, like you, are, you, you speak seven languages and you're 22, <laughs> which, which is insane, which is, which is, which is amazing. Um, before we jump into other uh, more fascinating stuff, which of them is the hardest for you? Um, that's a, that's a really interesting question. I don't think I can answer that easily because I think every language has its own pitfalls, right? So when you hear, oh, she's learning Chinese, you probably think, or all the others are, you know, Germanic, Romantic languages, they're probably fine. Chinese must be the hardest. Yes, Chinese is, is hard in the, the scripture, but actually it has no grammar. Like it, it does have grammar, but it's very simple. So instead of saying, I go to the shop, they just say, I go shop. It's, it's actually really simple from that perspective. So probably Chinese, just because it's the most foreign of what I know, and I've got nothing yeah. else that I can attach it to. Um, but yeah, difficult question to answer. They're all quite yeah. hard. 
So can you, um, let's talk about accents for a second. Can you actually like speak different English? Can you, can you speak American? Can you speak Irish? Can you speak, like, can you do, oh can you do that? Uh, I can try the Irish accent. It's not too bad. Um, actually, yeah, my my whole family comes from the north of England, so I can do that one quite well. My American is really bad. Whenever I try to do American, it's like Valley Girl. But I think I can do like an okay Australian one. So it really depends. That's awesome. That's so cool. You know, I, I, uh, I, I can barely I can barely speak American English correctly, right? So it's it's awesome to. It's just a fascinating thing because it's, I think, I think in in the modern world of where you're not, where the world is flat, where you're getting to see more people on video, on social media, et cetera. I actually think that the ability to have a unique language pattern, not even an accent, just language pattern. I, you know, a lot of my friends will tell me, Hey, I can, I can pick out Sharon's language patterns completely differently than than most people. Cause you just, you structure sentences, et cetera, differently. And I think that is your own kind of unique uh, signature, right? Your own unique DNA, mm-hmm. which is very cool. But for you as well, right? Just having a on off the bat sounding a little different is cool because now you get notoriety, you get kind of, it's there's novelty. There's like, wait, what, where's that from? And there's this, uh, it almost uh, drops people's guards very quickly, which I think is super positive. Mm, definitely. And yeah. I think it also ties into my my fascination with people and culture. You know, when you're, when you're in a different country when you understand the language here's the one beautiful thing that Nelson Mandela said he said if you can speak to a man in a language he understands it goes to his head but if you can speak to a man in his own language it goes to his heart which is why when you can communicate with people in their own language you can form such deeper connections and such deeper relationships with them because they're like wow it it hits them in the heart yeah uh, well okay this is we have um how does someone who is just the average 22 year old right now, and the first time I was on your show and I was like, this is insane, is working on just getting out of college, trying to get their first job, maybe trying to pay for rent or whatever. And you are quoting Nelson Mandela. Like how, how did that happen? Right? Like where, where did, where did that fascination maybe personal growth, wherever, but the average 22 year old is, does not go pick up and read Nelson Mandela. So like, how did that happen? Mm. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, in terms of how I got into you know, working hard and entrepreneurship and personal development and stuff like that, I mean, there, there are many sub stories to this, but just to keep it short was when I was a, a teenager, you know, as, as teens, we all have our own insecurities. We all have our own weak points. It's a very scary time. Um, and I was really, really shy. I was really shy. I spoke very quietly. I looked at the floor when I walked. Um, I just, it didn't really, I wasn't one of the popular kids. I didn't really own myself. And just the ability to communicate and build relationships with people was one of my biggest um, downfalls. It, I found it really hard. You know, I'd rather, I'd rather sit in the library at lunch and read fiction novels <laughs> instead of, like, you know, ch- chatting to the people in, in the cafeteria or whatever. Um, and so long story short is this became such a big pain point in my life that I literally was like, screw this. I'm frustrated. I want to be able to, to be popular and have the good social skills and understand how I can build relationships with people. So I went to Google, your best friend, and I typed in how to get charisma and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and that led me down a really deep rabbit hole of really trying to understand human psychology, communication, charisma, building relationships, 
um, networking, all those kinds of things. And that, as I started to fix that part of my life and gain confidence and started to see like, wow, I'm becoming a different person. I was like, what else can I do? Maybe I can become more organized. Maybe I can start to learn how to learn. Maybe I can build good habits. Oh, what's a morning routine? That's interesting. Uh, and so I just started to like, oh, wow, I'm not really that fit. Maybe I should start running and understanding fitness. So it just all kind of spiraled off from that. And then I started to develop the work ethic and the excitement. And then I discovered entrepreneurship. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. People can build a life of their own design. So it all really just stemmed from that first point. Oh, okay. Um, lots to unpack. So let's let two things come to mind right away, which can be really beneficial for the listeners. The first one is um, you talked about this being, you know, hopefully acquiring a new skill of sorts, right? Like a social skill, but that seems secondary, meaning talk about a little relationship between the, hey, do you need to first understand the awareness? Hey, where are you? Where are you? How do I get better personally? What what work can you do on yourself before you acquire a social skill? Or how how did the how does personal development and like this networking thing go together? Because I I would say that a lot of times if you are not comfortable in your own skin, then it's very hard to make great connections, right? And so um, I I also I remember a a switch in my life at some point where. I was probably able to build better relationships with folks and, and do it in a very uh, non-mechanical way when I was a lot more comfortable with, hey, this is who I am. I'm good. I have, not, I wouldn't say self-confidence, but stability, right? And so uh, so the person actually, uh, you know, connecting with me knows what they're getting. And my dad always said this, and, and I'll leave it with this is, he said, you know, you don't want to be consistently inconsistent. And that was like a huge thing for me. He goes, if, if someone's hanging out with you, they know that Sharon's always going to show up on time. They know that Sharon's always going to show up the same way. He's going to show up with the same energy. He's going to always say, yes, can I help you? He's going to always pick up the tab. He's going to, whatever it is, the consistency. He's like, the, the worst thing that you can do in a, while building a network, building relationships is can being consistently inconsistent. And, and I will tell you even right now, some of my friends who I love, they're artists or whatever, and they're super inconsistent. They, they, even they will text me for help and then they won't text me back. And that's weird, right? And so, <laughs> uh, uh, so my question for you is how do you, like talk about the two sides of that. Like how do you kind of get comfortable with who you are first and then maybe we can build on the, some maybe some networking ideas. Yeah, definitely. I mean, just to riff off what you were saying that I think it was Charlie Munger who said, um, if you want to have a miserable life, be unreliable. And I think <laughs> this is so, so true. If if you, your friends or the people in your life can't count on you to be a reliable person, you're going to have some great difficulty uh, when it comes to relationships. But yeah, I think uh, the point you make is so important. And um, if you aren't happy and comfortable with who you are and how you are, and you aren't happy with the life that you're living, you're not living a life on your own terms. You don't see the clarity and the, the you know, where is this person going? There's something so magnetic about someone who just knows this is exactly who I am. This is exactly what I want. And I'm working, you know, getting 1% better every single day. It's chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. And uh, a very important thing is, you know, like attracts like. And so there is a reason that, you know, like, 
rich businessmen hang out with rich businessmen and A-list celebrities are hanging out with A-list celebrities and people who sit on their couch and eat Doritos and smoke weed and play video games hang out with people who sit on their couch and eat Doritos and smoke weed and play video games. So like attracts like. So if you're not the kind of person that is, you know, has a similar work ethic, has you know, similar values, similar goals, is on their hustle, um, you're not really going to attract very many high value people because they're going to be like, well, there are more quality people that I could be spending my time with who are actually doing something interesting and productive with their life. So I think that's such an important thing, which is why personal development is inextricably interlinked from building a network. And I honestly believe that this is what most corporate networking seminars are missing. Yeah. They're all talking about, this is how you improve your LinkedIn profile. And <laughs> I know it's scary to talk to someone at a networking event and it's very, very surface level but you're missing the whole foundation and any solid building is built on a solid foundation. So if you're missing the, the, the first 80% and then you're focusing on the final 20% of the tactic, it's not going to work. The building's going to crumble. Right. Yeah. That's here's your, here's your, here's how to make your LinkedIn profile better. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like that, like that literally even matters. I mean, yes, it matters, I guess, but as a foundational thing, but you know, I, I don't think, I don't think I've ever looked at any, I've, there, I've seen a lot of cool LinkedIn profiles. And I think this is really good for folks to know is there is a baseline good enough on a lot of those things. Right. Uh, I don't think we need to over-optimize stuff. It's like, Hey, if people can't find you anywhere, that's weird. But if they can yeah. find you and they see a quick chronology, that's cool. And then like move on. Like that's literally all they have time for. They're not sitting and reading every bullet point anyway. Yeah. Um, so, so the, the, the when you and I did, um, when I was on your show, the one thing that really stood out to me was this ability for you to have built this network that you built. And uh, I think over the years, the the word networking and the network has gotten kind of a strange rap where people are like, hey, let me go to conferences and network. And But you built it in a very different way. And I want to ask you two questions. Question number one, when did you realize or what was the impetus for saying, okay, I should probably build some kind of network? Like when did that, because because it started for a reason and you just, uh, so how did that come about? That's the first one. And then maybe, then we'll talk more about like, how do you actually build it? But why did this, what was the light for you? What was the idea for you? What was the light bulb moment for you that's saying, I need to go do this? Mm. Yeah, most definitely. Let me just preface this by saying, I actually, you know, let me tell you a secret. I actually hate the word network and hate the word networking, right? Because yeah. it seems so like, oh, let us just exchange business cards in transactional relationships. And then you leave the business card in some dusty shoebox in the corner where it gathers cobwebs for the next decade. But that's not what it is. It's like, it's about building relationships, which is, it's almost like building your own ecosystem of opportunity. The, the more, again, it's not about, um, the how it's about the who, who do you know who's already solved this problem? Who can, who can help you out? So you're know, kind of tying this back into um, what my impetus was, was I was reaching a crossroads in my life where I was, I was approaching my, my last year in Cambridge University. And I was like, you know, I'd been a, a secret little entrepreneur, um, a, a very passionate personal development nerd. Um, but I could see, you know, this you know, my life was continuing. It was like this fast steam engine train and I couldn't stop the future from occurring. Uh, and I was like, well, I'm really interested in entrepreneurship, but 
I don't know any entrepreneurs. And I really <laughs> lacked a lot of clarity as to, you know, because there's so much that you can do. Well, are you going to do coaching? You're going to e do e-commerce? You're going to start a startup? You're going to like, I didn't know much about the space. Uh, well, I, knew, I knew a few things about the space, but I didn't know any entrepreneurs. And I was like, if only I could meet people who are like me, meet people who are also into personal development, you know, growing up, personal development was my secret fascination hobby. And it was like one of my biggest hobbies and no one ever knew about it because I thought they'd find it weird. Right. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's frustrating when you don't have people around you who have similar goals and similar values, and there are just such great synergies and it's just easy. And so I thought, okay, um, I want to be an entrepreneur. I don't know any entrepreneurs. Maybe I should start meeting entrepreneurs. How can I meet entrepreneurs? <laughs> Why would they care to meet me who is not an entrepreneur? Um, so I thought, what if I just start a podcast about the entrepreneurial journey and I hit two birds and one stone is that I'm starting to build my personal brand. I'm starting to put out content. And at the same time, I'm, I'm meeting entrepreneurs. And it was, it was almost sort of ex an excuse to meet entrepreneurs because if you go to a networking event, you're like, Hey, nice to meet you. Uh, can can we go for a coffee? Grab a coffee for an hour, and you know, people are like, "No, I'm I'm busy. Yeah, I, I don't have time." But if instead, you know, one thing that I think about when it comes to relationships is you always want to build a win-win. What is a win-win relationship, right? So if you have a podcast and a platform, something that you can invite people on, well, then you know, you're, you're still spending an hour together, but you probably have a much deeper conversation as opposed to some surface-level small talk. Right. Um, and you know, that's, that's a, you're creating something of value. You're creating, um, you're marketing for them. It's free marketing and, yeah. um, you're having an interesting conversation. And so that was really how I started out. That was the impetus. So you started this podcast. And so I'll ask you this before you started this podcast and how did you, you had no track record of having any guests, but over the last, you know, over the last many months, like you've had. I would I would wager that you could probably have whoever almost whoever you want on the show, which is pretty amazing. Good for you. But how did the first like how did you get started with it? Because was it was it easier than you thought? Was it harder than you thought? Um, and then when you did get the entrepreneur, the person on the interview, like was was that awkward saying like, what do I ask this person? Like how how did how did you get people and how did it develop you going through that process? Definitely. So I didn't even really think of it in terms of like, oh, is this awkward? Um, I mean, I definitely did have imposter syndrome in the beginning. I remember the first guy who agreed to be on my podcast was a fantastic person. And I can tell you this person is going to be huge one day. This is a fantastic person. I met him at, a, at an entrepreneurial networking event. And I remember that that first day I met him, I, I expressed some kind of like, oh, no, I've never done a podcast before. I'm, you know, he was like, you know, he's a friendly guy. We're sort of on a friend level and he's like um well you, you have you have a microphone right I was like yep <laughs> says you have questions right and I said yeah so it's like you'll be fine right so I think before the first one you're, you're always going to be like oh but I don't know this is a bit scary um but the, the way I got guests initially was I literally went on Google and I looked for every single entrepreneurial event I could find in London I went on meetup.com. I went on Google events. I went on Facebook events. I won an Eventbrite and any entrepreneurial event that I thought, well, there are probably cool entrepreneurs there. Put that in my calendar and I went to as many as I could. And I'd, I'd like be, be taking the public transport for different parts of London. 
Um, and you know, that, that's, that's the first step is, you know, you, you really need to go meet the people. And so I figured, you know, it's, it's hard for me to make an impression online right now. I, my goal was really just to meet people and build relationships anyhow. Um, and so that way, you know, when, when I met them, I, I was just myself, you know, I, I built my, my communication, my social skills up to the point where you know, I'm quite high energy, um, quite, quite fun to be around quite often for, for most people, not for all people. Um, and so, uh, yeah, you know, then we just start having a conversation. I start to get to know about them. They'd start to get to know about me. Uh, I'd understand what they're excited about. Um, and then, you know, I wouldn't even pitch my podcast to say, you know, Hey, I've, I've got a podcast where I interview entrepreneurs. I think you'd be, um, you know, a great fit. I'd love to talk about this or help you promote that. And most people were excited about it. Right. And you know, as you say, I've had some very big guests on, um, and I've never had anyone ever, you know, people might think like, Oh, but they care about the size of my audience. I've literally had, no one has ever asked me how many downloads do you yeah. get or how big is your audience? No, no one's ever asked me that yeah. because yeah. they can just see, well, you know, it's going to be a fun hour. I'm sure it's going to be exciting. We're going to have a chat. Something productive will come out of it. So, yeah. yeah. It, it, I think you nailed it because, you know, I, I even my team, when they're, they're not allowed to ask that. Like, that's just, you know, because the reason is, is that um, we don't, even for me, like personally, because that's all I can talk about. We don't, we don't discriminate based on uh, how many downloads you get, because that's not fair at all. Uh, and, and because we have no idea how, a lot of times it's like, well, how is it going to help Sharon being on this podcast? And, and I flipped it for the team because my media team is like completely different now, right? They're like, hey, can, they always say, can Sharon help this podcast? That's the goal. Because if if that's the, the model match is not whether, you know, the young entrepreneur journey podcast can help me. It's the other way around. Because if I can help you, then it was a good fit, right? And I think when you do that, that's that's why we don't, and, and no one asks me like ever, right? We have a really good audience, but no one asks me ever for the number of downloads, et cetera, because you have, you have no idea. And the interesting part is it's way easier, as you said, when you are at the meetup event and you could have the seven minute conversation in a four person group. And then you say, Hey, I have this. I think it'll be great. I help you promote that book that's coming out for you. That's way different than me getting a direct message on Instagram. Like it's way different because there's a, there's a baseline relationship there. And I, do you think that if you had not done those in-person meetups, it would have been harder for you to build your podcast? Definitely. Without a doubt, you know, it's, it's all about the in-person relationships when, when someone can, you know, now it's very easy for me to reach out online because yeah. I've got my Buddhas, I've got my big undeniable dominating authorities, as you like to say. So, you know, you can reach out online, things will happen. If you have a warm introduction, even better. I know we were introduced to a warm introduction, um, but definitely, you know, if you actually go to the places and, you know, this Corona stuff is not an excuse. Now everyone's online. You can go yeah. to entrepreneur events in the US and Japan, in the UK, in Germany, you know, they're, they're all online, but it really is about just, just showing up, the art of showing up. And I've actually got quite an interesting story around this. So sort of in the earlier beginning stages of my podcast, um, I'd started to get in, in the, involved in the entrepreneurial scene in Cambridge, and I really wanted to get uh, involved with the Entrepreneurial Society. Um, and so I went to one of their, their big pitch events, and they had, you know, 
Cambridge alumni, big entrepreneurs, big investors, and then also students and people pitching their startups. And it was basically a pitching event where people go you know, for one minute, hey, here's my startup, here's my startup, whatever. Um, so some of them were interesting. Some of them were a bit like, you know, a bit of a snooze, but you know, there, there were some, some really big people there and I didn't even really realize I just showed up. And then there was this point where they said, hey, there's this um, sort of, we, we're going to take three, three people randomly from the audience and you, you can pitch for a minute. And I, I knew that, like, you know, this is a room of like 150 people or something. And I just like knew, like, I'm going to be on that stage. And, and no one was pitching podcasts. They were just pitching um, their startups. I didn't have a startup. <laughs> I was like, I need to be on that stage because I knew that if I was on that stage and I could talk about my podcast for a minute, then, you know, 150 people would know about it as opposed yeah. to no one. Uh, and so I put my hand up with like that concrete determination of I'm going to be on the stage. Guess what? I got chosen to, to be on the stage. Uh, and then in that one minute, I, I did my quick pitch, straight off the pitch. Um, the guy who runs the event, who you know, organizes several TED Talks in Poland is a serial entrepreneur and an angel investor says, would you like to be on my podcast? I was like, wait, what? <laughs> um, That's awesome. Sure. Um, and then what happened was you know, that there'd been this you know, really kind looking gentleman who'd been speaking before and he was looked at with reverence and he'd had, he had he was promoting his new book and he had his stack of books. And so everyone was leaving the, the event and they were running for the food. They, they were all hungry and going for the food. And I was like, I, I want to see if I can talk, talk to this guy because it seems cool. So as I come to the front, he's still standing there and I, I pick up his book and I say, oh, your book looks cool. And we start a conversation that way. And then he says, oh. Um, I, I really like the sound of your podcast. He's like, oh, you know, maybe we could get coffee or some time or I, I could be on your podcast. I'm actually launching a new book soon. Said, that sounds great. I would love to promote it. And then I hear someone whispering behind me and she goes, he's big. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And she's like, yeah, he's big. Um, and then, you know, I, I go home and I Google this person. And it turns out they've like um, started and angel invested in, you know, I think 83 companies or something Amazing. over the course of their career. And they were the president of the European Business Angels Network, yeah. like of wow. Europe. And I was like, what? And so that just goes to show, I mean, the, the moral <laughs> of the story is um, anyone is approachable, especially in person. Um, don't run for the food, make, make the effort to build the relationships, yeah. get in front of people. And if people like who you are, they'll want to spend time with you and they'll want to build that relationship with you. Yeah. I think you're spot on the, um, my, I was talking to, um, uh, my mastermind group the other day and I said, we're talking about the podcast and, uh, mine, and cause I launched it recently and how it's going. And I said, this is fascinating and I'll tell you why over the last 20 years, I probably, had, I don't know, hundreds of coffee meetings, had, had, you know, young entrepreneurs come to my office, gave them time, did calls with them, looked at pitch decks. And for our fund, I mean, I look at three pitch decks a week for our fund. Like, and so I, I take a lot of calls and I know pretty quickly, but I take a lot of calls. And for all those coffees and lunches and pitch deck meetings that I've taken, if one of those people reached out to me with no contact saying, Hey, Sharon, I know you looked at my company, like no context. I literally would not know who they were, which is kind of wild. But if any of the folks that I had been, like if you reached out and you didn't have to, you don't have to reference the podcast. Like I went on with you for an hour and there was all this pre and post promotion. So the, the multiple touches dramatically 
doesn't build the network, but enhances the depth of that relationship, right? Which I think is super powerful. And so I was just thinking, wow, if I had just not done any coffee meetings and I had only done pod, it would have been a significantly better thing for, for me. Now, the question for you is, let's say you didn't have the podcast. Let's say you just didn't have it. Do you think you'd be, you would not have had the chance to build what you've built right now? Um, I would say all, the entire journey that I've been on and all of the opportunities that I've come, have come out of that, I attribute to starting that podcast. I yeah. do. Now, it is possible to build a fantastic network without a podcast. I know several people who've done it. However, you know, the, the, the opportunities that come to you, it, the opportunities come from the relationships. So the podcast is a vehicle for the relationship to begin or for the relationship to continue or for you to have a reason to speak to someone. And then as soon as you, you know, you've had this fantastic conversation, um, many fantastic friends that I have, uh, friendships that I've developed have come out of this podcast. It was just such an incredible thing. Yeah. So um, I know there's, you probably have a lot of both um, stuff. You, you built a mastermind on top of it. You have the uh, couple of business ideas. You have business partners in the U.S. with it. Uh, can you talk about stuff that has materialized for you as either a project or an opportunity or set of initiatives, or you got invited to something that you'd have never gotten before. Like what has happened as a result of that, of, of, of intentionally building a relationship either through the podcast or through this journey? Hmm. Um, so one of the, one of the great things that I did was to get around serious people and to just get around people that I knew, like, these are on my lane. I need to meet these kinds of people. I need to go to these places. I flew to New York um, to go to a business event in the middle of a very hectic Cambridge term. Maybe not, you know, logically the wisest decision. However, it is one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. So this is the story of how I met my business partner, Greg. And it's like, uh, you know, we, we, you know, when you just meet someone, you instantly click, right? It's like, almost like the Warren Buffett, Charlie Munger, like extremely, extremely harmonious relationship, which is so rare. Now, the story of how we met is very, very interesting because I fly to New York um, and I go to this four day business event, business conference, meet a lot of very interesting people. And um, you know, Greg goes as well, but actually he, he missed the first day. He missed the last day. He was only there for two days. Um, he wasn't even on the top tier. So there was this opportunity for us to go pitch at this event and just you know, speak for a minute or you know, three minutes about what, what we were up to and what we were looking to do in the future. And uh, so um, Greg, he, he was actually not allowed to pitch technically because he was not on the highest tier. However, he snuck under the rope and kind of just like pretended like he was supposed to be there and got to pitch to the group. And I saw his pitch and I thought like, I really like this guy, I like his energy. I like what he's up to. Um, he left the next day, he never saw my pitch. So we've actually weren't, we were physically in the same space and we probably, we saw each other from a distance. We didn't actually meet and shake hands and stuff like that. So what happens is after the event, I remember, oh yeah, that Greg guy, he seemed really cool. So I reached out to him, I said, Hey, hey, Greg, uh, I'm this person uh, to give him context. Um, and then he, then I was like, oh, you know, I see you have a podcast. I want to, what if we just switch the podcast yeah. switch? So we do two podcasts together. Um, and just off the bat, um, we clicked so instantly. And then you know, he had his community called the Morning Hustlers where he'd host like, you know, kind of like your 5am club, you know, so it's like free 10, 10 minute call every day to inspire people in the morning. I just hop on that in lunchtime. 
you know, I was the first person to do that out of his time zone. I was like, you know, yeah. it's my lunchtime accountability call. <laughs> and we started to build a relationship off that. Now we, we didn't go into business immediately. Um, but what we did is, you know, he added value to me and actually, you know, I have, I have a really powerful lesson that comes out of something that I did, which is he'd created um, a course and he said, you know, I'm going to let the first few people in my group have it for free just to, you know, get some feedback, see how it is. Um, he wasn't expecting anyone to give feedback. Um, but I thought like, okay, this is a cool course. I like this guy when I add value to him. Um, and so I went through his whole course. I made detailed notes on every single video, what was said, what was good, what was bad, put that in a, all in a Google document, even on a sales funnel. I was like, this is good about your sales funnel. This could be improved. And so I said, this is like really, really fat Google document. And like, he's just like, what? Like, he's just like shocked at the amount of detail that was in that. And I think that was a big turning point in our relationship of like, wow, this person is, you know, really, really great person on my level, really adds value, doesn't ask for anything back, gives no strings attached. Um, and so the moral of that for others is, you know, even if you didn't have a podcast, right, you know, the, the podcast, you have that because that is something useful that you can bring that, that's useful to other people. So if you want to build relationships, be useful, help other people accomplish their goals, uh, add value because of the law of reciprocity. Uh, when you add value to others, people will feel that emotional obligation yeah. to, to add back and then you can ask guilt free. Yeah. Is there, um, and, and so talk about, so you, you did that and then how did that progress into like uh, a, a business partnership? Yeah, so, so basically um, we have very similar goals and very similar values. And so he had this you know, sort of mastermind that he wanted to start. He was like, uh, he didn't think he could do it on his own. He thought, hey, Yasmina, would you like to do this mastermind with me? And this was after we'd built a relationship over a couple of months already. I thought like, this is great. Like this is a business project. Um, this is an exciting opportunity. I get to learn stuff. Um, and I think, you know, the great thing about having partnerships like this as well, and you know, the peer networks are so powerful because when you have a, a network of, you know, everyone thinks about like, oh, who can I reach out to? Who can I connect with? Maybe it's some really big person, whatever. It's like, no, the people who are on your peers right now, the people who are on your journey, those are the most powerful networks. Those are gold because those are going to be the long-term relationships and you're all working on similar things. And um, the knowledge and the resource pool that comes together out of that is just astounding. And so one, one of the other great thing is things is we both have different sets of mentors. And so this great thing that I have uh, that I like to call is uh, mentor osmosis, which is mm -hmm. where you know, cool. we'll be working on this project together. And Greg would have his, you know, seven, eight figure mentors. Um, he'll just like call them up and he'll be like, hey, yo, uh, so I got this question, right? And then they'll give us feedback on what we're doing. <laughs> and I've never met these people before, but yeah. I'm basically getting mentored by them through Greg because Greg goes, oh, well, my mentor said this and he said, we should do this and we should try that. And I'm like, that's really cool. <laughs> it's, and, and same vice versa. And so this just, just beautiful synergy occurs. And it's one of those things, you know, you can't, you can't force this. You can't um, force any kind of relationship, especially, you know, with a business partnership, it's, it's almost like you're getting married. You know, yeah, the business sure. is your baby. Right. And so you're not gonna, 
I think a lot, a big mistake that a lot of people make is especially startup people who want to co they're looking for a co-founder desperately. They'll, they'll have a coffee with someone. They'll be like, oh, this is great. Let's go into business together. Cause they got on for one coffee. It's like, no, that's like going on a date with someone and yeah. then saying, Hey, let's get married. So it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, has there, uh, it's amazing. I'll tell you this, the, many of the CEOs that I, that I mentor as well will, the app normally once a week, which is not an exaggeration, will say something like, Hey, Sean, I saw that you were on, you know, Jimmy's podcast. I would love to have Jimmy on to come speak to my company. Like stuff like that happens constantly. Right. And so now I'm, I'm thinking, well, I, that's why a lot of times I do a lot more. Uh, I, I love having guests on that are very diverse. I love being on shows that are very diverse only because when my, my mastermind group or my private clients listen to that, they're like, wait, I want to connect with that person. So it almost is, is my way in a lot of ways of uh, kind of building this relationship base and building this mental osmosis thing, because I'm like, Hey, I'm going to go build this portfolio of relationships. And I hate to call make it a portfolio as transactional, but I, from a value added perspective, I'm investing in this portfolio of relationships because I have no idea when these relationships are going to be useful to someone that I really know. And uh, normally it was a, Hey, let me go build this portfolio of relationships. And now once you start seeing it work, it, it completely changes everything. Right. And I, I'll give you this 10 second thing, which is, I don't know if you've ever heard of, uh, have you heard of Arsenio Hall, you know, the, uh, the guy who had a, you know, TV show celebrity. So literally so this guy, I don't know much about Arsenio Hall, but I, I, I saw this episode of the apprentice with Donald Trump when he was running the show and they were raising money for a charity. And that was the, that was the, project, right? And so they had two teams and different people did different things. Like, you know, uh, one person tapped their rapper network, one person, uh, you know, did a, did a concert and raised money. And it was Arsenio Hall had this talk show, right? And, but he, it was, he did, but he didn't anymore. And he called all these people that were on his talk show. He called David Letterman. He called, you know, Jay Leno. He called Shaq. He called everybody that had actually been a guest on his talk show. And no one returned his call. And I was like, that's really fascinating. But then he, on an outtake of the Apprentice episode, I got to find this. He actually tells the story where he said, all these people were one text message away and they would return my call that, and, and they would do all of that even though they were really busy. But as soon as my show died, as soon as I had no show anymore, as soon as I had no platform anymore, that just went away. Now, whether that's good or bad or ugly is not the answer. What is also the, I think what the answer is, is that, the there's there's a power in the platform and i think it's our responsibility not just for ourselves but for the people that we work with for our portfolio of relationships for us to develop this platform because everything is built around this platform like there's some way of actually saying come here let me be useful to you right and when rossinio hall could not raise the money got kicked out of being and being the apprentice all because he was so dejected that the reason he got on the show was because of his talk show, but then he couldn't use his platform because he didn't have it anymore. And like that moment, Yasmina, is when I, I sat there, I was like, wow, you know, th that like hit me super hard. So every time now I want to quit something or I've built something and I want to just let drop it, I always think of our cinema hall. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm really going to invest in the platform. So mm. uh, I don't know what that, what if that kicks off any idea for you. Yeah, that's a, that's a really powerful story. I mean, the platform gives you leverage. If you have a platform, then people can see, wow, 
this is what this person is about. This is their story. This is their personal brand. Wow, I resonate with that. Oh, wow. I So actually, it's not even, you know, introductions are great. I've, I, I made an introduction just before coming on this podcast. I've made so many introductions to people just because of the relationships that I've built. Um, not, not just through the podcast, but largely through the podcast. Um, and I think just that is uh, you know, it's such a key point because you're not just adding value to um, you know, the person you're interviewing and vice versa, you're adding value to an audience of people who is following you is like, wow, um, you know, that was a really interesting conversation. You know, the fact that they, they can listen to you have this fascinating conversation, very educational conversation at the gym, walking their dog, driving their car, doing the laundry, washing the dishes. So you're not just adding value to that one person, you're adding value to a huge amount of people. And the content, it lasts for a lifetime. It lasts yeah. until you decide to delete it. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a really powerful thing. And, um, on, on the kind of tying this into the idea of adding value to others and introductions, I think there are, there are three main ways in my opinion to add value. So that's, you know, money, emotions, and relationships. So you, you can add value with money by, you know, like get, get someone an audible credit. Like who doesn't like an audible credit, get someone a, a gift that would be meaningful or that, you know, fills a need that this particular person has. That's, that's, you know, how you add value of money. Um, with emotions, it's like, people always think like, Oh, how do I add value? How do I add the value? And they think it needs to be this huge thing. It's like, no, like, you know, some people are, you know, on autopilot in their day. And they're just kind of you know, walking through their day, like a mindless drone. And then, you know, you're, you're that person to lift their energy up. You're that person to make them laugh. It's like how, do, especially, you know, I think a lot of people um, always wonder how can I add value to someone who is way ahead of me? Mm -hmm. You know, maybe they've had a lot of success or they've got a lot of money or wh whatever it is. It's like, you know, be a great student, be someone who's really exciting to be around, be someone who's fun to be around. Don't be like, you know, the reason why celebrities have such a struggle making friends is, you know, that the moment they meet someone, they're like, oh, I love your stuff and let's get a selfie. And you know, if, you, if you ever want to never see anyone again, um, <laughs> take a selfie with them, Yeah, right? Because yeah. that shows like, wow, this is such a rare occasion in my life that I'm not on their level, right? But if you can just be cool and non-needy, and so the third one is relationships. So that's introductions where actually, you know, it, it's such a, it's such a win, win, win all the way around because you're connecting two people who, you know, th there's a need for them to be around each other and there could be a really great benefit in them having the relationship together. But then also for you, that's a great thing because you're the reason that they know each other. So they yeah. attribute the entire value of their relationship is now attributed to you because if it weren't for you, then those two people would never have done all the awesome things together that they did together. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you're spot on. And I, I'll tell you, actually, this is um, super funny when you, the reason you mentioned this, um, I have a couple bunch of folks that would, uh, we all get pitched. We all get pitched for other people to be on our show. Right. And I, that was, it's a really fascinating thing. And some of these pitches are really thoughtful and some of them are just like, I should be on your show. You, you need to have me on your podcast. <laughs> I'm like, I don't need to do Jack squat. Right. And, and the interesting thing is, um, Oh, I, one of the, one of the ways that I thought about this, and I don't know how you think about this is whenever someone asks me a question that I don't know how to answer, have the answer to, and that person's important. So if I'm talking to one of my mentors and he's like, Oh, I'm really thinking about uh, like in the U S we have a, a retirement vehicle. And it's not, this is funny it's a retirement vehicle called an IRA, which is like a, you know, like a retirement fund. And you can do a lot of investments with that. So over the last few months, I've gotten a lot of questions around, Hey, Sharon, do you know anything about 
how to invest via retirement funds. I don't. So literally all I'm doing this week is just spinning my network to see who does. So I can do a podcast with them and then literally send every, all those people that ask me, I can send them a one link saying, hey, based on your question, I did this podcast for you. And that changes people's mind. They're like, wait a minute. I asked Sharon this question. He didn't have the answer. He went out and found it. And he then circled back and wrote me an email saying he did it. And here's the episode. Like that is insane from a, from if someone did that for you. So I think that, that gets super powerful. And I'll tell you recently, one of my friends um, wrote a Amazon ebook and has not published it because he didn't know how to launch it on Amazon. Right. And so he's, there's all these courses out there and all of that. And he didn't know which one to trust. And I said, Hey, wait a minute. I have a friend who actually, she's a marketer. She actually got one of her company's books to be a bestseller on Amazon. I'll just do a podcast with her. I literally wrote her one text message. She's like, of course she came on the show the next day. I recorded the podcast. It's not even live yet. And I handed him the blueprint. I was like, Hey, I know you wanted this. This podcast is not even live, but I recorded this for you. Here's the, and He's been like, he's like, wait a minute, you gave me this exact blueprint. And the cool part is he hired her, which I thought was even cooler, right? In this, in this process. And so uh, when folks ask us questions, instead of me going to Google now, I just say, hmm, can I make this a, I, can I make this a really value-added episode? Because people are really asking me for stuff. And whether it's a podcast or a live TV show or a LinkedIn post or a Instagram live or a whatever, I think the there's two parts to this puzzle. And I'd love your take on this. Part number one is an organized platform is very helpful, right? Like just like a podcast. And number two is folks that don't want to do that. I don't think it's a problem. Just stay with good cadence, right? So even if you're doing a live Instagram live show every Friday at noon, even if that's what it is, that's still okay. Anything that to me, that's still a show, right? Hey, would you, I'd love for you to come on my Instagram live show, like whatever it may be. So even if people are not, don't have something organized, like a podcast, at least stay or a show or a YouTube channel or whatever. I think you can still do that in a low budget way, by just being, just having good cadence. And so wanted to see your, get your take on that one. Yeah, that is an extremely powerful way of using a podcast. And I'm definitely going to do that in the future. I have done that in the past where I've, I've sent some stuff, but you know, it goes back to the, the saying, you know, it's not, it's not, how do I do this? It's who do I know who's already done this or who can I, who can I meet who's already done this? Because you don't need to reinvent the wheel. As Isaac Newton said, I believe it was Isaac Newton. We all stand on the shoulders of giants and right? they've already achieved stuff that we can then build on top of. So we, we don't need to make all this stuff up again because people have already accomplished those things. That's why we hire accountants. We don't need to reinvent accounting, try and figure it all out ourselves. We, we hire someone who knows how to do this stuff. Um, as you're saying, yeah, you know, a platform is so powerful. If you don't want to do a podcast, um, you know, even like being the host of your own event, that is extremely powerful. And just to give you a quick example of this is, you know, I'm currently doing um, a master's in entrepreneurship and, and management at um, Imperial College London, which for Americans, you might not know what that is. It's, you know, it's one of the top unis in the world. It's like the MIT of the UK. Uh, very cool, very innovative, very entrepreneurial business school. Um, and so actually we had this module called personal innovation development, which is basically like personal development to help you become a better innovator, which is like crazy. Right? This is really cool. And so we learned all about the, 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 the top skills of, you know, the innovators like Steve Jobs and Elon Musk and Richard Branson, Nikola Tesla, the people who've really disrupt industries. So they had an idea that changed the world. And one of the top skills that many have, not all, but one of them is networking. And that was my highest skill. And so 
our, our task was to practice this and it's not networking behind a goal. I think a network can be really powerful to build that around a goal because um, that can help you achieve that goal if you, if you know the right people and you're on that journey together. However, this was more of a, a network to um, to have, you know, have ideas, learn, learn from people across industries and see what their creative process is like and how they come up with ideas. Now, there are two other really powerful skills they're questioning and associating. It, bringing together unrelated dots, questioning, you know, what if we put constraints on this? Uh, what innovation could come out of that? What if, you know, if we, had, if we had all the money in the world, what would we do? What if there were no constraints? So what, what I did was to practice the networking skill instead of what they suggested, which was you know, reach out to five friends from different industries. I was like, I'm going to start a mastermind around this. I'm going to call it the innovation mastermind. It's going to be a platform and we're going to innovate together and we're going to improve our innovation skills together. And it's like become this, I've been doing it for like maybe a month now. It's become this really fun event. And, you know, I've had people from you know, entrepreneurs, consultants, people are introducing me. They're saying, I think this person could benefit from your mastermind. Um, you know, I've had, <laughs> I've had like a very high profile entrepreneur, like, now in my little group for the mastermind because they thought this looked interesting. It's like one of these very, you know, really fun things. And I'm getting to meet so many people through it. And the only thing I really did was I brought it together and I, I host it every week and yeah. we have fun and you know, some fantastic ideas come out that we've revolutionized you know, travel, the tech industry, men's grooming, like coaching, grooming, whatever like it is. It. <laughs> it was so rogue, but um, just the amount of connections that I made in a month just from having this fun event um, that people really gain value from um, yeah. is extremely powerful. So any kind of platform that you can create, if you're the host of that event, um, that's, that's extremely powerful. So I'll ask you one question before, um, you know, before I give you your morning back or your afternoon back. This is, it's very easy for folks to kind of think that, okay, hey, I'm already busy. I don't have this time to kind of pour into building this big community or adding, you know, making connections, making introductions. Uh, I need, I, I'm already stressed because now I need like a little time and space to connect Yasmina with Sharon, whatever. And there's not an immediate in your face ROI to something like this. Right. And uh, in fact, we don't, I don't think you or I or anybody that we know started it with the, Oh my gosh, uh, I'm going to make $23 million from this in three months. And that's why I'm doing this. It was never that way. It was a, I think that we would do this even if nothing came out of it. So my question for you is if there's this person listening right now has been burned in the past or uh, is really busy right now is kind of trying to make ends meet or is just slammed, but they know that uh, they need to build a community, a platform, a, they need to take this seriously, but they can't justify in their minds the ROI uh, of this. How do, you, how do you help them with that construct? Yeah, so I mean, I think a lot of people have this temporal discounting bias, which is where they you know, they they discount the value of their time and they they only think about the short term. They don't think about the long term. They just think, what can I get now? It's like if you focus on making the quick money, you're not really going to make any big long term money. So I, I say the same thing. You know, you really can't afford not to. Like mm. you absolutely cannot afford to not put time into building your network. Um, like your network will make you or break you. It really will. It, it can literally be that the people that you know, the relationships that you have, you know, Jim Rohn said, 
uh, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Mm. It can literally be the difference between uh, you, know, you making millions and you going to prison for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Like that is the difference that the relationships and the people that you have around you and the environment that you create around you makes. So if you think, oh, I don't have the time to build the network, you, you really need to make the time. You, you, you absolutely cannot afford not to. And the, you know, the people you know, let's say, let's say you work in a company and you work a corporate job. If you know people from across the different companies and you've gotten to meet some of the senior board advisors advisors and they they see that you know you're this again you know you're you're a quality person you're productive you're committed you have the work ethic you're interesting uh, they like you um well you're more way, you're way more likely to get the promotion than someone who's not taken that time yeah. you're way more likely to accelerate your career that way the same thing happens with you know, the relationships that you build in the entrepreneurial space um you you cannot imagine and it's like it just seems very vague it's like oh what's a network yeah. like what is opportunity i don't know what opportunity is or well, opportunities to make money opportunities to have fun adventures you know I've, I've traveled to different countries to build relationships with people gone gone hiking in in the norwegian mountains and etc you know like these amazing things that come out of relationships so it's not even about like oh the money it's like it's your life it's your happiness you know, yeah. it's, it's the relationships um the quality of your life is de directly determined by the quality of your relationships so i mean but on the money side your network is your net worth yeah. and we all know that we've all heard this but really it's like your happiness the people that you have in your life um are, are gonna be a huge contributing factor to how happy you are in the long term yeah, that's awesome. Um, I I know that uh, uh, you and I talked about a little. I know you have a cool gift for folks. So where can where can they find where can they find more of you? And maybe 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 I'll drop all the links in the show notes. But where can they get where can they get what you kind of put together? Yeah, definitely. So I have a networking ninja checklist, which is basically. 11 plus powerful ways to make a connection with someone at a networking event. Now this can be applied to online stuff as well. You know, yeah. if you're, if you're, if you're stuck inside, you're like, Oh, the pandemic, this can also um, be applied to stuff online. And it's all about how to, you know, how to approach people, how to build that really powerful relationship, how to make that connection, um, how to come across as this like really interesting person. Right. So that's there for you. You can find that at yasminaellens.com. Um, Y-A-S-M-I-N-A-E-L-L-I-N-S.com um, and pop in your email, you'll get the gift right away. Um, and you can also find me on Instagram at yasminarte and that's that's where you can stay tuned with my stuff. Awesome. And not to forget the uh, the the Young Entrepreneur's Journey podcast, which has got some oh, yeah. way, way cool <laughs> stuff in it. And so if you are listening, yeah. I like that because some whoever is listening, listening to this right now, just pop over to your app, hit search, grab it, hit subscribe. So you'll at least start getting all the new episodes there as well. And um, I know ours will be there as well. So for for those that want to uh, catch that too. Uh, Ismina, I can't thank you enough. I'm super stoked for all that you've built. And uh, and hopefully your seven languages grows to more uh, to add Chinese and everything to Definitely. it. But thank you so much for being on. And it's, it's super cool to watch your journey. And uh, we're all going to keep watching because I think you're going to do some amazing things and excited. Thank you so much for being on. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me on, Sharon.
Hey, Sharon, I have a cool gift for you. I took some of my best ideas from the last 20 years and created a five-day MBA. It's quick and action-packed that you can listen to on the go, just like this podcast. And I want to give it to you for free, just as a thank you for listening to the show. No fluff, no gimmicks, just pure actionable ideas for you to use instantly. You can grab it right now at businessschoolshow.com. That's businessschoolshow.com. Dot com.